Perfecto. Excellent. Uh, hello. Y'all move. It's time to podcast. <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu Gi Oh recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And that was Lauren doing our intro for the first time ever. Hey, look Thanks. at that. Thanks, Lauren. For being Lauren. a productive member of this podcast for once. No, Executive producer, Lauren. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to uh, our weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap podcast. This week, we are talking about season one. Uh, God, still season one. Episode 45, Dungeon Dice Monsters. No, wait, pardon me. Sorry. Episode 46. Fucked up my notes. Oh. It's the one thing I can't do, apparently, is count. Uh, episode 46, Dungeon Dice Monsters, part one. Yeah, it's amazing that we finished up the entire like story arc of the first season, and it's just still going now. Yeah, this this moment, to me, more so even than the last arc, feels like it could be season two. From what we even already know about what season two is going to be, it like it wouldn't fit is the thing. It would just yeah. it would be out of place there, too. So this is like its own. This is like season one point five. Yeah, it's its own tiny little mini arc. And this is a f- first of a four parter episode, isn't it? Or is it, it is a five parter four parter? No, it's it's not quite a match of the millennium or whatever that fucking nonsense was the that oh, this, it's not quite the real end of the season this is just the actual end of the season i guess the technical end of the season this is just padding for time right uh and in this four-parter we uh play a new game i guess that, that we we hear about don't a get lot. to see this episode <laughs> uh but before that uh jimmy as you know every week we like to talk about our recommendations of things that our listeners can do uh with their 20 minutes besides watching Yu-Gi-Oh! because we value their time even if they don't uh i'm curious about what your recommendation (laughs) is this week my recommendation this week is to uh take 20 minutes and go for a walk around your neighborhood or wherever you live and find where all the animals live Mm. so Whenever you go for a walk from now on, you can walk by certain houses and pet cats or dogs or whatever is living there. Oh, that sounds lovely. Because I've been walking around my neighborhood. Um, just that's what I do to usually to get outside after my shower and dry my hair before I go to work. And there are at least three cats in the neighborhood that are super friendly and will come up to you and let you pet them. Uh, one oh. is a cat that doesn't have any eyeballs. Oh. Have I told you about him? No. How does he... His he name is like... Big Boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> According to his collar. Uh-huh. And this completely blind, eyeless cat just hangs out in the sun on the front porch of this house nearby. And you can call him and he'll just very gingerly walk up to you for pets. And is just the sweetest little old cat. Wow. All right, just, I guess just uses his whiskers to get around, like... I guess, whiskers huh. and smelling. Huh. And hearing. All right. Yeah. That's... I. It's such a funny thing, because you, you explain that, and I can so perfectly picture you doing that in Portland. Here, 
that would not be a thing. Like the animals in animals? this area are pigeons and pigeons. Because we have what are they called, Lauren? Oh, I think they're called wood pigeons. Wood pigeons. They are pigeons that are maybe three quarters the size of our dog. <laughs> they're they're like six pound pigeons. Oh damn. They are ginormous and terrifying. And you know like the pigeon coo? Like the mm-hmm. like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they do that, but it's like deep and ominous and it sounds like it sounds like an owl that is ready to murder you cuckoo yeah (laughs) Yeah. where's your garbage fucker right exactly and they are everywhere here and there are no other animals really you don't have your neighbors don't have like cats or anything wandering around uh we had uh there was a cat in the apartment complex named cat and i have not seen cat in quite a while when i was in the netherlands um, I got to see a European red squirrel, which if you've never seen one, you should Google it. That's my recommendation. European red. Okay, all right. Squirrel. European. I'm doing this one-handed, holding the holding the mic. Uh. Oh. Look at the ears on this lad. Oh, all right, this is gonna precious. be really good radio for a second. So, folks, if you're on your phone and not driving, please, please Google European red squirrel. Oh, oh, oh my god, yeah, it's like boy. a it's like a fucking like It's a Pokemon. It's a Pokemon, yeah. They do. They have little ear hats that are like <laughs> they're like a if if a a regular squirrel wanted to go LARPing as like an elf. It's the elf version of a squirrel. Oh, how big are they? I love them. Huh. All right, well that's thank you, Lauren. That's a really good uh, that's a really good recommendation, uh, and thank you, Jimmy. That's also a very good recommendation. I at at worst, even if you live in a neighborhood like mine where it's just completely taken over by the mafia of giant pigeons, uh, getting to know what animals are in your neighborhood uh, is super useful for a variety of reasons, either for relaxation or just personal safety, because the pigeons uh. will get in my house and murder me. Speaking of weird birds in your neighborhood, when I was in Australia, um, instead of pigeons walking around, well, they do have pigeons, but mostly instead of pigeons, they have what they call bin chickens. (laughs) What? Is that like a raccoon? No, it is an enormous Australian white ibis. Okay. Just Google bin chicken. And they are the strangest looking birds. Now, imagine these walking around a city instead of pigeons. They're about maybe two feet tall, I think. So they're they're big suckers. Oh, whoa. Yeah, these are terrifying. These are, I mean, these are actual, this is a Pokemon right here is what this is. This is, yeah. wow. It's an ibis with this, uh, they're white, but their head is black and doesn't have any feathers. And then they have this just super long beak that they use to apparently, uh, they're called bin chickens because they go in your garbage and like puncture garbage bags and rip the food out. Oh, now, okay. So for listeners who like can't Google this immediately, picture like the body of a, like a, just a pick, pick a white bird, pick a, yeah, like a chicken 
with seagull legs, long sort of spindly legs, and then a terrifying alien proboscis. <laughs> it really does, though. It yeah, it looks like it's gonna probe you and implant you with something, and it's so wrinkly. Yeah, its head that's is the weird just part. This, it's this black sort of. It's like a vulture's head, except the elongated beak. Yeah, it's just like a. It's like an obsidian ball sack. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it looks like. It's oh, it's terrifying. Anyway, those are bin chickens, and they're all over the place in Australia. Wow, Australia, I knew you had it bad, but I didn't think it was this bad. Oh, Australia, buddy, I'm so sorry. What are you even (laughs) doing down there? Are you okay? Do you need help? (laughs) Anyway, uh, enough about weird animals. Uh, What's your recommendation this week? Uh, my recommendation this week is actually something that I was actively in the process of doing when you messaged me saying that you're finally ready to record. Uh, my recommendation this week is on, uh, if you go to Polygon, so the, the video game website, polygon.com, uh, go to their YouTube channel. And one of the recent videos is a live video from PAX East 2019, and it's titled The Perfect Pokey Rap Unraveled Live at PAX East 2019. Uh, so for those of you who like, don't know anything about Polygon, don't know anything about video games, you don't really need to know about video games to, to get this video. Uh, this is a video hosted by, uh, Brian David Gilbert, who is, he's like, I think what he wants to be in life is like the, like Sondheim of video games. Like he wants to make everything into musical theater. Uh, and did I get that right? Is that Sondheim? Am I, my sister's going to hear this and fucking kill me. Uh, but he, he was like super into musical theater. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We're good. Uh, and, uh, he is also very into like putting a lot of analytical effort into video games. Like he did a list of like the hottest Castlevania monsters and tried doing the Kingdom Hearts timeline, that sort of thing. So it's a half-hour video of him at at a PAX panel uh, a couple of weeks ago doing an explanation of what the original Pokey Rap was, you know, the song that played at the end of every episode of the original series of Pokemon. Oh, Tyler, I'm well familiar with the Pokey Rap. I knew that you would be, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, but just in case, you know. Uh, and he describes his process of writing a rap that includes all 812 current Pokemon. Oh, damn. And I'm like maybe two minutes into the performance, and it is going strong. Uh, and that's at like 25 minutes in. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's like 20-some-odd minutes of him just sort of explaining process and going through this. And it is fantastic it's actually way better than i expected all right Uh, so yeah that's my recommendation i'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes um if you have ever liked pokemon or if you've ever enjoyed listening to somebody go through like a creative process uh it's it's very good i'm pretty sure anyone listening to a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast would at least be slightly familiar with pokemon i would be very surprised if they weren't like, I feel like I'm I'm explaining it just in case, but you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation. Just nice All and right. simple. I 
I'm very much looking forward to being done recording this so I can finally fucking finish it. <laughs> I've got like five minutes left in the recording. Uh, yeah, I saw that pop up in my recommendations on YouTube. So I haven't watched all of it, but I'll have it's, to do that. It's good. Yeah. So there's there's two versions of it up. There's one that's just the song. Uh, I would recommend watching the other one, the the half hour long one, just to get the process because I feel like while the song is good so far, the build up to it is really kind of what what makes it. All right. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that's our recommendations. I don't have any news this week, but we did get a really exciting email that I want to share with you, if that's all right. Oh, yeah. So this email comes in from Jackie. Uh, Jackie wrote in, uh, I, I guess, I think last week, but it was like right after we posted last week's episode. Uh, uh, so Jackie says, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Wanted to write in and let you know I've burned through your entire catalog in about two weeks. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they say, thank I you so much. apologize. <laughs> Jackie, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Seek help. Uh... <laughs> Jackie says, thank you so much for making my work days and commute bearable. You both have scra- been scratching a Yu-Gi-Oh itch I haven't had since high school. Scratching a Yu-Gi-Oh itch is something that <laughs> I've always wanted to do. Uh, and uh, you both have been That's scratching a That's the rash you get itch. on your neck from your giant Egyptian artifact hanging there all the time. <laughs> you both have been scratching a Yu-Gi-Oh itch I haven't had since high school when I did my first and last cosplay of Bad Kura with a homemade Millennium Ring I made out of a shower ring and clay. Hell yeah. Jackie, you sound awesome. Uh, They continue. If you want some truly cursed late 2000s Yu-Gi-Oh! fandom lore, I've got it. Back when the Abridged series was really catching steam, there was a huge revival of the Yu-Gi-Oh! fandom. Not for the card game, but for the show and characters, especially for Season Zero. Believe it or not, there used to be, and probably still is, a huge community of Yu-Gi-Oh! fans who can't stand the card game itself. Did you know this franchise has probably the single most comprehensive and meticulously documented shipping list of any shonen anime out there? I'll link it below if you're interested in having a good horrified laugh. Jackie, we are. You know us. This is our brand. Personal favorite in terms of, wow, this is the worst name ever, is the Kaiba Joey ship, uh, a.k.a. Puppy Shipping. Love the show. Keep up the great work because I can't wait to revisit good old Duke Devlin and Merrick Malik, whatever his name is. Best, Jackie. Jackie, for one, thank you. That was a beautiful email. uh, And thank you so much for taking the time to write to us. Also, uh, Jimmy, I'll send you this list later because I feel like if I send it to you now, we would just spend the whole rest of the episode on it. But so they send us a list. And actually, I think I'll just put this in the show notes, too, uh, of it's titled Master Yu-Gi-Oh! Shipping List for Dummies, uh, posted by Opal Dreamer, February 5th, 2012, in a deviant art forum. Of course uh, it is. And it, it is a list of every sort of known every possible permutation and their nickname. Uh, so I'm just going to pick out, cause there's a lot of characters that we haven't met yet. Uh, so I'm going to pick out, uh, a few that I know, uh, let's see. Bandit Keith and Pegasus is a Tello shipping. Uh, let's see. Uh, Seto Kaiba and Taya is Azure shipping. 
Uh, <laughs> Mokuba isn't on this list, is he? Oh, Mokuba is hella on this list, bro. No, he's a little yes, boy. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Meiko Tsunami x Bakura x Serenity is ballad shipping. Uh, <laughs> Tristan... <laughs> my favorite so far tristan and make tsunami is barbecue shipping <laughs> uh i'm gonna scroll down because it it takes a few scrolls to even get into the seas uh let's see let me find one with mokuba uh and a character that we know there's a bunch with characters that i have not seen before oh this one's pretty good weevil underwood and bones you know the the zombie kid yeah. is creep shipping uh, Pegasus and Taya is crown shipping. My and Taya is dance shipping. Uh, <laughs> Dark Yugi, the Pharaoh Yami, Bakura, and Yugi is dazzle shipping. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I said I was going to find a Mokuba here. Let me find a Mokuba. Oh, God. It just keeps going. Joey, Dark Yugi, or no, pardon me. Joey and the Pharaoh is dragon shipping. Joey and Mako Tsunami is drama shipping. To be honest, this doesn't surprise me at all because literally any search for any of these characters will just like at least half a page down will be nothing but romantic entanglements with other characters. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Here's one with Mogaba that I don't. F- fully understand it's bakura yugi and mokuba and it's called flurry shipping do you get that one no do they all go for like a a mcflurry is that what that (laughs) is that what that like dream date with the the three good boys is yugi Uh, and his young friends all go out for (laughs) mcflurries uh, let me see if I can find a, oh, uh, Mokuba and Rebecca, you know, from Wrath of Rebecca is mm-hmm. Kitty Shipping, which is maybe the worst name for anything ever. But uh, the only age appropriate one, I think. I, uh, yeah, may, I mean, maybe Bones. Bones seemed pretty young. Um, oh, and I'll, I'll leave it at this one because it's appropriate to the episode. Uh, Seto Kaiba and Duke Devlin is called master shipping all right (laughs) so anyway so there's a whole long list there like i was scrolling forever and only got to the m's uh thank you so much jackie for sending that to us i I will link to that in the show notes here uh so if you want to know what the name of your favorite ship from Yu-Gi-Oh is you can find out uh don't say we never gave you anything (laughs) uh all right are you ready to talk about this episode Let's talk about this episode. Let's do it. It's time to discuss the episode. As we mentioned, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 46, Dungeon Dice Monsters, Part 1. Apparently, Jimmy, this is the first thing I noticed about this episode. I think this is where I must have left off the last time I tried watching Yu-Gi-Oh! all the way through, because it started me at like three quarters of the way into the episode and I had to, I had to rewind Netflix. So I think we found the end. <laughs> uh, this is the limit of your mystery. 
this is the limits of your memory. I'm sure I've seen more past this, but this would have been the most recent watch through before starting the podcast. So it is uncharted waters from here on out. <laughs> right, right. I, well, it was charted at one point, and then I threw the map away. <laughs> uh, so that's you know that's just my little bit of trivia. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, uh, this episode goes a place. I was going to say places, but it's kind of just singular. I don't really, I don't really know where to start with it. Cause we start with grandpa sweeping outside the game store. I love your note here. Grandpa is grumpa. <laughs> that started as a typo actually. And I just left it. I grandpa, he's, he's clearly started. He's got the grumps about something. Uh, and, and good old grumpa, uh, you know, left to his own devices. He's just going to sweep and grumble and sweep and grumble. And then Yugi, uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed, uh, just up and ready for school comes outside and he goes, Hey grandpa, how's it going? How you doing? You excited for such a, a great and exciting day. Wow. Look at life. Life is so exciting. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping and grandpa is just like, shut the Fuck up, I will end Shut you. up, Yugi. This day is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> and he is. He is. He's like, uh, I didn't write down the line, but he says, good for you, maybe. Uh, or no, that's when, uh, so Taya also walks up and kind of does the same thing. She's like, you know, waving hi to him. And isn't it such a good day and everything? And and he goes, yeah, good good for you. Sure. And he like waddles off while sweeping. Grumble, grumble, grumble. And, I did uh, want to note, this yeah. is the first time since, like, the first episode of the entire series uh, when we see these kids actually getting ready to go to school. Yeah, Before they is. just fucked off to an island for, like, a week or whatever. And it, well, so that's, it brings into question kind of the timeline of the series again, right? Because if we're talking, like, our lives, right? Not not you and I, but the people who would have been watching the show live. This this show came out weekly. Yeah. And we're 45 episodes in. Like, children have been conceived and born by between episode one and now. Boy, that first episode sure <laughs> got some people horny. Uh, hey, you know what? Again, not gonna yuck any yums. Uh, but... But yeah, like you're right. This this episode really is the first time since like episode one or maybe two that they've been in school. Yeah. Oh yeah. These are children. Uh, they have school to go to, but apparently they can just leave at any time and go on vacation to weird islands. I mean, there were, were they on kids spring there break. Too. It might have been. It might have been. Was is Duelist Kingdom? Uh, sort of this world's version of Cabo. <laughs> Spring break, right? Like gonna go to Duelist Kingdom, bro. Because there were so many kids there too. Is the thing like they had to? There were a lot of people there to duel. So was it a just convenient timing? Is was that? Well, it wouldn't have been summer break, right? Surely, I don't think so. I'm just guessing it was springtime from the like trees that are behind them in this episode oh that's a really good point okay yeah i did not think about that so yeah maybe the last year of our lives jimmy has taken place over a One spring week? break just like a <laughs> couple of span. days maybe like uh, a long weekend yeah it may, maybe right like a like an easter weekend sort of thing where yeah oh you just take thursday friday off i guess 
Because we never really get a full sense of how long they're on that island for. No. We just know that the last, what, eight episodes take place apparently in the same day. Yeah, in the span of like 24 hours. Uh, but yeah, no, so they're, they're back at school. Uh, Taya is there to get Yugi and go back to class. Uh, and they sort of try talking to Grandpa. He grumps his way off screen. Taya goes, gee, what's bugging him? And he, Yugi's like, I don't know. He's been acting weird all day. Which, I mean, it's been, what, you like just woke up. So he's been acting weird for 20 minutes. I don't know. Uh, and they're like, then he like literally like rises out of the pavement behind them. And he's like, okay, I'll tell you. (laughs) He does. He does. He, so he he disappears off frame to the left. And then as they're like, I wonder what's wrong with him. He appears behind them from the right. (laughs) Just like a, like a, like a stage (laughs) magician. Uh, and he goes, okay, fine. I'll tell you. And he starts regaling them with the story of how, He's been in so many horrible situations. He's been trapped in an ancient pyramid. He's been stung by scorpions and fought off wolves and yeah, Siberian wolves. Was it Siberian wolves? I think it was something like Siberian wolves. My question is, when are we getting a prequel series about Grandpa the Rogue Archaeologist? Ooh, oh, I would love that. Like Solomon how they did Mudo, um... Tomb Raider. Yeah, like how they did uh, like the Young Indiana Jones series. Yeah. Did you ever watch those? I, I'm familiar with it. I never watched it, though. They, I mean, if you want to talk about a TV series that is worth a podcast, that would be about four episodes of somebody's life. Uh, yeah, I would really get into, like, a young grandpa series. <laughs> Especially if we call it young grandpa, if that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> Welcome really like to young that. grandpa. I mean, hey, if they could do young Sheldon, you know? Yeah. We could just do anything with television nowadays. Do you think uh, he was, like, a super buff action hero, or was he always just a kind of a squat old man? I, you know, Except my, his beard was a different color. I, I've already used the Benjamin Button theory on Mokuba, I think, uh, so I don't know that I can use that again here. I do, I do like picturing that, yeah, he's just always been the same silhouette, but he had, like, <laughs> kind of a square shape. Point. Yeah. Ooh, what if... What if, when he was younger, did he have Yugi's hair? Well, his hair is kind of in the same shape. At right. the front, anyway. So did he have the weird uh, the weird blonde and purple thing going on in his, his younger years? Blonde, black, and purple. I, yeah. You know, I always picture him with a mustache, too. Is that weird? But then I... I have to picture it in the Yu-Gi-Oh hairstyle. So it kind of just looks so like a his mustache Waluigi. is also kind of the jagged kind of uh-huh. like thing hanging off. Oh yeah. Just it's, it's Brad Pitt meets Waluigi all the way down. <laughs> what the hell do Yugi's parents look like? Who knows? We never I, see them. We meet his mom at some point. I know his, his mother makes an appearance eventually. What does her hair look like? Uh, like Taya's. Really? Yeah, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. So is she, has, she like, classic daughter? anime mom hair? Or I, is she on the other side of the family? Oh god. I think so. I you're asking Well, I was about to say you're asking the wrong person, but we host a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh Yugi's mom has got it going on. Uh I am Googling Yugi's mom. She's all I quick. want to see in the show, and I've waited so long. And the I am run of the show. Actually, 
okay, so a, a better way to maybe describe Yugi's mom's haircut is uh, sort of like Mokuba's, like a brunette Mokuba, like a, a, a brown Mokuba hair. Uh, oh, I'm, I, yeah, I just pulled her up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so no, so Solomon is uh, Yugi's father's father. Uh, and okay. maybe the, the biog- insane hair is just um, on that side. I, it must it must be, which is weird. That's not how it's typically. But anyway, uh, the the fandom Wikia says that uh, her partner Yugi's father uh, lived away from his family on business. Oh, that's kind of sad. But that's like yeah. such a generic anime trope. It is. It is. It's very. It's it's very similar to Pokemon. Yeah. Uh. Okay, Let's so see. I searched Yugi's mom, but for some reason it brought up a picture of Grandpa as a young man. I'm sending it to you now. Oh. Oh, do we get young Grandpa? Hot Grandpa! <laughs> what the hot fuck grandpa. is this? Oh, okay, this needs to go on the Instagram real quick, just because I cannot take my eyes off of it. So he's wearing, like, the black Undertaker hat. Right, like if he you does picture... look like Undertaker. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, like when the Undertaker had like the the you know the facial hair, he's got like sort of a a, a short shaggy kind of beard. Like, does that make sense? Like, it's shaggy but still short. It's yeah. unkempt, I suppose. Got a little mustache going on, and yeah, he totally has Yugi's hair. He's got blonde hair, and then it's graying in the back instead of pure black. This dude has, like, definitely, like, gone undercover in, like, the Soviet Union to find some ancient artifact and, like, shot a bunch of guards. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. This also reminds me of, uh, are you familiar with Jonah Hex? Vaguely. He is handsome Jonah Hex. He's like a Wild West sort of superhero character, anti-hero character. Uh, he looks like, and maybe it's just because he's got the slightest hint of a bow tie happening. He looks like he's about to pull out a six shooter and just end a motherfucker. Holy shit, Tyler. I just Googled young Solomon Moto. Now let me send you this photo. <laughs> oh my God. What have we become? We're 30 minutes into my recording and we have not talked about this episode yet. We're, th- we're 30 seconds I'm going seconds to run in. this episode into the fucking ground what so we can talk about. fuck? Awesome young grandpa. How how is he this hot? This dude has definitely killed a man. <laughs> this dude this is a young Solomon has the face of a man who like bet his horse in a duel monsters duel <laughs> and then shot the guy when he lost. Right? Like that's yeah. how he got Exodia. <laughs> Wow. Huh. Yeah, it's... Oh, Yugi boy. How I got to Exodia is a story I'll tell you when you're older. It's... I killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> I I am literally speechless. This is so much better than I could have expected. Apparently he shows up in episode 199. So, <laughs> okay, something so to look forward we'll to. The Adventures of Young Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
Well, okay, so we're gonna get we're gonna get that in a while uh, after after the child that has been born since episode one uh, <laughs> enters kindergarten, uh, and. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So what happens in this episode? He goes, okay, I'll tell you. Uh, he starts talking about all the great shit he's done. And then he goes, I'm pissed off because there's a new video, no, not a new video game store, a new game store that opened. And they're going to run me out of business with their trendy new trash. And he points off into the distance and there's this like high rise that's just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. This uh, like five story town. tall building just apparently went up and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Because apparently there's never, ever been another game store in all of Japan. In all of what I assume is Tokyo, there is no other game store except for this one. But now there is. So that's a thing to be angry about, I guess. Run him out of business. He's upset because they're, they're selling all the new shit. And they have no respect for tradition and the old games and the way things were meant to be played. And he never once says... I'm so happy for him. He never once says the heart of the cards. Because he knows that that shit does not sell. <laughs> you can only play and win at this game if you love each card like it's your own brother. They do try pulling that shit later on in this episode. They we'll do. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so Yugi's like, oh, a new game store? I wonder what new games they have. Yeah, wow, golly gee, I'm going to go check it out. And then Grandpa just yells at him. Yeah. As he gra- should, because what a dick thing to say to your grandpa, who's like so mad that this right. thing is opening up. Oh, exactly. yeah, I'm going to go check out and purchase stuff from your rival. In Grandpa's, well, in Yugi's defense, I suppose, it's not as though Grandpa was really charging Yugi money for the, like, four cards that Yugi's bought since grandpa just gave him a a deck that is apparently perfect right like yeah it's not as though grandpa is gonna lose money from yugi going to this other game store yeah also grandpa literally gave him exodia yeah he did he did he gave him he gave him exodia he probably would have given him blue eyes white dragon well he did give him blue eyes white dragon right he let him uh borrow it yeah and that's how we got in this whole mess but it's not like you know, it's not like Yugi's gonna spend his lunch money at Grandpa's store, right? Like, yeah, he lives there, right? So, anyway, that's that's my little rant there. Uh, and uh, so Yugi convinces Taya to go to the new store anyway, despite Grandpa being very against it. And when they get to the new store, they're greeted at the door by uh, this girl handing out flyers, and she hands out flyers for the hit new game. It's on everybody's lips. They're all talking about it. It's all the rave. Dungeon Dice Monsters. I noticed that this flyer doesn't actually have the name of anything on there. It's just a picture of like a dragon or something. Yeah, with some dice. Yeah. Yeah. So Everything you, you know, need to know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I could probably do the same thing for D&D. <laughs> yeah. Just the exact same poster. Uh, and... Uh, Yugi gets it and he goes, oh, a new game? What? There are other games other than Duel Monsters? That's not a thing. There has only ever been one game in the entire world, but now there's two games. Wow. Wow. Uh, It's mind-blowing for Yugi. And Taya is like, all right, cool. We saw it. They're like, I don't know, still outside the door. So like on the steps leading up. She goes, okay, cool. We saw it. We're going to school now. We have to like 
school is a thing that happens. Yeah. Maybe you forgot. She literally grabs him by the collar and like drags him away. And she says something really interesting to me. She says, uh, if you make me late for my first class or no, uh, you know, I, I swear if you make me late for my first class, I'm going to, I'm going to kick your ass or what, whatever she actually says. And then she says again, which I think does lend some credence to your spring break idea. Because if this is their first day back at school, this, if it were a longer break, it would be a different class, right? Mm. So this is a, this is a continuing class that she has already had some tardiness issues with. <laughs> Yugi has already derailed their class a couple of times so he can play card games. Right. Uh, which, again, proves that he is just a, bad at most things. Uh, as uh, she drags him away there are two mysterious figures watching them from the window above the game store Uh, one of them uh, calls Yugi a cheater he says in a very snotty voice he's talking about how he can't believe that that little pipsqueak beat Pegasus at his own game I bet he cheated somehow yeah a cheater can win any game Granted, you know, Pegasus was using mind-reading abilities. and Yeah, both of these guys were using magic. So, yes, they are cheating. Continuing yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually can't think of a single person in the top five of that tournament that didn't cheat somehow. Did Joey cheat? I mean, technically. Because he wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Oh, yeah. He just kind of snuck in. Right. Anyway, uh, so uh, <laughs> the other one says, the, the, the other mysterious figure uh, says, uh, uh, of course, he'd never be able to beat the great Duke Devlin at his own game, or at his own game. Isn't that right, Duke? And he turns to the first figure, who's revealed as Duke Devlin. The game store owner. The game store owner, apparently, who is a, another literal child who's like 14. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this kid who is maybe as full of himself as one can be says the following words. <laughs> Jimmy, are you ready for the first true Duke Devlin line? I am so ready. Duke turns to his compatriot, whose name we never learn. And says, the die is cast, the trap is set, and soon I will duel Yugi on my battlefield. I'll strip him of his honor and expose to the world what a little or what that little worm really is. This is hilarious to me. Yugi got good at one game and suddenly like every rando in the entire universe wants to kick his ass. With right. just like other games. Right. It's like, imagine if you got really good at, like, solving Rubik's Cube. So you go to the, like, Rubik's Cube solving championship or whatever, and you win. And then, like, your random classmate is like, oh, you're so good at Rubik's Cubes. What if I challenge you to Monopoly? (laughs) (laughs) That'll show you for what you really are. I bet you cheated at that Rubik's Cube. Now let's play Parcheesi. Yeah, it doesn't... And the... Okay, so we'll get into this, I'm sure, in the next episode, too. But Dungeon Dice Monsters is not really a new game. It's heavily based on dual monsters. 
He literally just ripped it off. I mean, it's, that's what I'm assuming because we don't get to see it in this episode. Right. It's 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 a stretch for him to say that it is his battlefield, really. Uh, yeah, you're just making up a new rule set. That's just who this guy is. That is Duke Devlin's whole thing. Uh, and I mean, really, like, I'm just rereading my notes here. My one big note on who Duke Devlin is, is if you thought Kaiba was extra, you have not seen anything yet. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Kaiba, how many freaking, like, child millionaire business owners are there in this one class at school? That's a really good point, because... Well, so I'm assuming Bakura's rich. That's true. He's there, too. Uh... Joey is maybe the only poor one, frankly. <laughs> I mean, well, he was oh, rich momentarily before giving up. Oh, that's all true. His that's that's true. That that's we'll very true. But there's there seems to be a lot of old game money in this show. <laughs> all these rich heirs to the game fortunes, right? Uh, so we we start to cut away from the scene, and the other guy who's name i think we truly just never learn because he doesn't come up the, the rest of this episode yeah this dude i do want to point out is like the most 90s prep kid you can possibly be he's got a pink shirt and then he's just got a teal sweater tied around his shoulders he looks like you know the meme where it's the guy reaching up at the butterfly yeah he's that guy kind of like he's just sort of a milk toast nothing character Uh, but he does, he says one interesting thing that makes me think that maybe he's more interesting than he's letting on. He does call Duke Dookie Boy, which A, is a sick burn. <laughs> B, made him sound suspiciously like Pegasus. I thought that too. Um, they use the, the word like Dookie Boy or Yugi Boy or Joey Boy. A lot in this episode? A lot. I don't know if it's just the writers, just like that's the one phrase that they know for this specific episode or what, but... I Part of me has to believe that in addition to popularizing the world's only game, Pegasus has had a huge impact on the way that people talk. Just the lexicon? Yeah, just so sort of a, Everyone is just kind of, like, taking on his affectation and the way he says things. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to so call everybody I, blank boy, just like <laughs> Pegasus. Uh, I legitimately forgot that your cat was in your bedroom, uh, and I saw this black shape sort of rise up behind you like a horror movie, and that genuinely terrified me because <laughs> your cat is huge. He's a big boy. He is, like... A small panther-sized uh-huh. yep. creature. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so we we tear away from that Hold on, scene. I'm gonna let him out. Uh, okay. Uh, so we tear away from that scene as as Duke is sort of revealing that his intent is, and I quote, the total destruction of Yugi Moto. Yeah, that's a little extreme. It seems, y- yeah, extreme is a good word for it. Uh, needlessly violent would be another another term. Like, I am gonna end this twelve year old. <laughs> oh my 
classmate is good at one particular game, I'm going to annihilate this boy. I'm so I, mad. Yeah, what is... Why? why what? I... There's no point to it. I am going to completely obliterate <laughs> this 12-year-old that I have never met and has never done anything to me in his life. But I will end him. Yeah, it's just needless rivalry. It is. Uh, speaking of needless rivalry, uh, at school, Joey is hyped for the new game store, which is needlessly a rival with grandpa's. Uh, that's my tie in there. Uh, and Joey goes, uh, when he learns about the new game store, he goes, oh, cool. Do they have dungeon dice monsters? <laughs> and Yuki's like, what? You've heard of this too? And he goes, yeah, no, I'm, I'm up on all the new game stuff. And Tristan's like, wait, where do you... What? Where did you hear about dungeon dice monsters? And Joey's, and Joey's like, "Oh no, no, you've got the you've got the line right." I've got the line right here. A little thing called the newspaper. Ever heard of it, genius? <laughs> yes. And everyone's just like, "Joey, when the hell have you ever read newspapers at all?" <laughs> Joey, when the hell have you ever read? <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, "Well, he he read them while he was out delivering them." Which seems like a bad way to deliver them. Typically, you don't have a lot of time to read while you're out <laughs> delivering newspapers. Uh, but he he tells the group that he has been spending his free time delivering newspapers uh, in the eight hours since they got out of the virtual world. Uh, and uh, he's been doing it to sort of supplement uh, his his lack of an income because he used all of his prize money to pay for his sister's operation. Uh, and which apparently be... hasn't happened yet. No, it's it's schedule. Well, it's okay. It's tricky because he says that he hasn't spent the money yet. He's saving the money for the operation, and then Tristan asks, "How's Serenity doing?" And Joey goes, "She's doing great." The doctor says that she's going to recover really quickly. He doesn't even say doctor. He says the eye guy. The eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's favorite Duel Monsters card, Eye Guy. Uh, the the Eye Guy said that she's going to recover really quickly, which, the way I heard it, implied that the operation had already happened. Or the doctor just looked around, saw this huge pile of money, and was like, oh yeah, she's going to be okay. Right. Well, but he hasn't given them the... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh... <laughs> And uh, they're talking, and uh, in the next room, uh, they overhear a group of schoolgirls, I guess, freaking out and chanting, uh, and they <coughs> go into the next room. And there's a cult sacrifice going on. <laughs> no, these girls are just vibe. breathlessly excited for dice tricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a group of, like, 30 girls surrounding one Duke Devlin uh, who is regaling them with like a, a dice stacking trick. Yeah. There's it's it. It's how do you, how do you describe what he's doing here? He's got like the cup and he's putting like dice in it and like shuffling it around. And then he like pulls the cup away and the dice are stacked on top of each other. So right. it's like basic magic sleight of hand tricks. Yeah. That these girls probably, are going hog wild for. You could probably Google search like dice cup stacking trick 
and the first five results would include at least one five-year-old doing this trick. Yeah. Like, we this should, is it's the most basic dice trick. We should take a moment and describe what Duke Devlin looks like. Yeah, sure. No, let's do that. How would you... Where do you... He's wearing, like, the standard school, the blue, like, school jacket is the rest of him. Uh-huh. But then he has these spiky black hair and, like, a headband. And then, like, one of his uh, long, like, jagged hairs is, like, going underneath the headband and kind of hanging down on his nose. And then he has one earring that's, like, a die on the end of, like, a little chain. Right. He is the kid in high school that became a Satanist for fun. Yes, that's exactly right. If, If Jinko jeans existed in this universe, he would be wearing them. If he wasn't, like, bound to wear the school uniform, he would 100% be wearing suspenders that are, like, hanging down around his pants. And, like, right, yes. cool chains. And four belts. Yes. Uh, I do, I will say, I do like his red vest. Uh, it looks very nice. He's wearing, also, in some of the wider shots, he's wearing golden armbands. Oh, yeah. Did As you notice you do this? In high school. They're, they're like doubled up golden armbands. Uh yeah, it's a it's a look. Uh it's if this, it's listen, if this was occurring in real life and not in an anime show, there is no way that Duke Devlin wouldn't be getting wedgied like regularly. <laughs> he, he's at school, he's wearing a headband, he's doing weird like dice tricks for fun. Yeah, his he's claim like, to fame is hey, making do a you, dice. Do you want to see my cool dice tricks? No, kids would be telling him to fuck off, you weirdo. Right. This this is I mean, again, like I I say this knowing full well that were I a public school attendant, I would be this kid is the thing. <laughs> but like this is the kid that joins a, a a larping group just to have people to be around. Uh and uh if he weren't such an asshole, he'd be uh, a very pleasant boy, I'm sure. Like I, he might even be one of my favorite characters just for being sort of a inventive and not annoying person. But uh, unfortunately, he's, 100% he's a annoying. huge dick. Uh, I really yeah. do think your description of being a Satanist for fun, just to be edgy, is extremely apt for. Duke. And I say, I say that because I knew that kid. I think because every I, school had that kid. Well, but I met that kid in a local fencing club. Which I, I feel like adds to the <laughs> the illustration a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Duke is just... Boy, is he unlikable. Yeah. Because he does this. He does this dice stacking thing with the sort of like showmanship from... Like the beginning of the prestige, you know, when like Hugh Jackman is doing that, that like explanation of like why his tricks are better than anyone else's tricks. He goes, you've never seen anything like this. And he, he does the spinning and the twirling and the prestige. Uh, and it's the, the dice are stacked. Yeah. Duke <laughs> definitely is the type of guy who owns several katanas that he bought at the mall. Ooh, yes. Accurate. Uh, and, uh... He studied the blade. <laughs> so, Joey, uh... Or, Joey or Tristan, I forget who, but leans into the two of the kids nearby 
and goes, hey, you you two kids know who that dice man is over there? <laughs> the dice man. And they're like, yeah, that's Duke Devlin. That's like the second richest guy in the country, probably. He and owns the game store that just opened. Yeah. Of the two like multimillionaire business owner children in this class, he is the other one. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they're like, Oh, okay, cool. Uh, that seems fine. But Joey is so incensed that there would be uh, an, another guy at this school who is pulling tricks to impress the ladies. And is super popular because of it. Right. Uh, and he he starts, like, ragging on Duke. Uh, what is he? He has, a, he has like, a... He calls him a name. A two-bit Houdini. Yes. Uh, he starts He starts going like, this This guy is just, oh, can, can you believe it? He's just doing everything he can to try and impress the ladies. It's so embarrassing. He's such a two-bit Houdini. I could get way more girls than him if I just lowered my standards a little bit and like, I don't I, you know. If I just, wanted he, to, but right, I don't. He starts making all this like bullshit argument. Uh, and then he starts talking about how good a duelist he is. And he's like, I got third place at Duelist Kingdom, and and uh, you know, I, I was one of the best ones out there. I'm one of the best duelists in the world. And Tristan and Tay are just like, yeah, uh-huh, no, you're, but you're not, though. <laughs> yeah, they just start roasting the fuck out of Joey. Uh, and Duke comes over. You, I do want to point talking. out, Yugi says, save it for the dueling ring, guys. And, like, when ring. have they ever called it a dueling ring? Yeah. That's... This isn't sumo wrestling. No, it's not boxing. What is it? <laughs> but, like, I mean, what's what's the alternative? You're going to call it an arena, which is yeah. not a less douchey word. <laughs> uh, and so Duke comes over, right, because he hears them arguing. And Joey starts bragging to him about how great a duelist he is. Duke here uh, has the, like the worst line ever in the, in the entire show that uh-huh. would a hundred percent get him beat up in actual school. I don't wish to intrude, but I can't help but overhear you dabble in the game of duel monsters. Oh fuck off, Duke! <laughs> Jesus Christ! He is a hundred percent a weeb. Yeah, it just uh and so like. Joey is like, yeah, I'm the third in the world, and you're second came in, in the world. Placed, yeah, whatever, and came in placed in Duelist Kingdom and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, you heard and, of Bandit Keith, the like American regional champion? I kicked his ass. I wiped the floor with that guy. I can and write you an autograph if you want. And Duke like completely ignores him and leans over and is just like, oh, oh, you're Yugi, and like fully doubles over to reach yugi's eyeline <laughs> yeah he like has to like bend entirely at the hip like in he's, a 90 he's degree a, he's angle shaped he becomes <laughs> l-shaped he's a right angle now because yugi comes up to like everyone else's like hips uh and he does that as joey is saying uh i'll sign a card or i'll autograph a card for you if you want and duke is just like oh you're yugi oh hey hi <laughs> uh and I mean, to be fair, Joey is in fact second in the world at Duel Monsters. Well, third, because wouldn't Pegasus be second? Yeah, I guess. 
He came in second at the championship. Oh, okay, sure. He was a he was a semifinalist. Yeah. Uh and he uh, just like keeps talking as Duke is just trying to have a pleasant conversation with Yugi. And finally, Duke turns to him and challenges him to a game to show like, okay, cool. Joey, you're the you're the best. All right, cool. Bet you you could beat me at any game, huh? Well, I'll challenge you to this game. How about a how about a Dyson Cup game? How's that sound? Everyone loves those Dyson Cup games. Uh, and Joey's like, yeah, sure. And he says, he says, when I beat that dice dork, those girls are going to be chanting Joey. Cause up until then they've been chanting Duke, 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 Duke. Uh, which is again, I can't, I can't unhear the Green Day album. Dookie. Oh. <laughs> uh, and it just. Duke as a name, I, I I personally do not know anyone legitimately named Duke, uh, and I have a feeling that for people our age, that's a conscious decision because yeah, the children only, like me would make fun of them. The if only Duke I've show, ever known yeah, was uh-huh. a our neighbor's uh, dog. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say a GI Joe. Yeah, isn't that one of them? Probably. That's one of them. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you're named Duke, uh, how do you feel about this? Having this particular character represent your name? Because I would imagine it's not great. Uh, but here it is. The gauntlet has been thrown. Joey accepts. Uh, and Duke uh, takes a single six-sided die and he puts it in the cup. And he plants the cup upside down on the table. So you can't see the the die anymore. Mm -hmm. And he says, using the power of my mind, I bet I can move the dice into my right hand without touching the cup. And Joey goes, no way, that's impossible, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can't, unless you had telekinesis or something. And Duke says, well, maybe it's already gone. And Joey freaks out a little bit and duke goes why don't you check <laughs> huh so uh, joey's reaches over and picks up the cup and the die is still there and then duke just reaches over and picks up the die and <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole trick that's the it's whole just trick. a basic gotcha yeah and he goes it's in yeah, my hand now it. because you picked up the, the cup i didn't touch it i used the power of my mind uh and uh yeah there it is joey is mad because he fell for this like really dumb it's not even a trick it's just like it's it's, something that you would do to your friends for the vine yeah (laughs) it's that's exactly it and it wouldn't Uh, even be a good vine no it would not be uh but joey still i mean he gets mad for being a simpleton uh, and, uh, he, he, he yells at Duke, if you were a real man, you'd play a real game. I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> That's how real men settle things. Real men have card games. Uh, and Duke goes, fine, cool, whatever. Uh, but I have to tell you something. I don't have a deck of my own. 
because apparently owning a game shop means that you don't have cards. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so he goes, let's let's play a slightly different rules where we open brand new packs and build brand new decks. From scratch. From so scratch. So he's basically challenging Joey to a card draft. Right. Uh, which is, which you is know, a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's pretty common in Magic, especially when new packs come out. You You sit down with your friends and you do a draft with the new cards and play against each other. But Yugi... Uh, is apparently extremely offended by this concept. Yugi hates this idea. This is the worst thing Yugi has ever heard. He says, what's so fair about that? If you're not using your own cards, then the game's just pure luck. Yeah, Yugi, welcome to how literally every other game works when you're not using magical powers. Yeah, it's, it it's, with. it's just now occurred to me that like Yugi lives in a world where he can basically summon any card that he needs at any given time like the concept of randomly shuffled decks probably does not enter his mind it's so alien to him he is just bewildered by the idea that you can play a card game uh if the cards aren't already like your friends like your close personal friends that you've grown up with and cherish individually and that's sort of the argument that he he starts to make there is like, you know, they need to to have your heart in the cards, right? Your your soul in the deck. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, it's just horrible disrespect to the cards. Right. Otherwise, they're just other. pieces of paper, man. Uh, but, but that doesn't matter to Joey. Uh, he's still you know high off of his quote unquote win at duelist kingdom mm-hmm. uh and uh duke uh decides to make it even more interesting by saying actually let's place a bet as well and he says whoever loses the bet has to do whatever the winner wants them to do for one week you know basically well, basic schoolyard bet kind of sure and joey says sure and if you lose, you have to do what I say, and I want you to close down your your game store. Coming in so, hard and fast in defense of Grandpa. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, as, as per this show, Joey's friends are right there behind him, supporting him all the way, and... Well, Yugi's kind of mad no. about it. No, I was gonna say I'm I'm completely <laughs> lying. The the first line after this is Tristan and Taya being like, "Yeah, Joey's toast." Yeah, he's gonna get absolutely <laughs> beaten to a pulp. And Yugi's in uh, a panic because apparently having a card draft is apparently a war crime. Yeah, he is really upset about that specific aspect of it. He just can't get past the fact that like Dark Magician is his second best friend, and like. His it's it's his love of Karibo that lets him win, right? Like yeah. that's the cards are his friends in battle, and which, he can't stand cool. this horrible disrespect that other people have for their cards. I, yeah, it's like in it's Pokemon like... when you beat Gary Oak, and then uh, Professor Oak comes in and he's like. Gary, you won because you lost because you didn't respect your Pokemon. Whereas this guy won because he loves and cherishes his Pokemon. And it's like, no, he lost because I like fucking 
murdered Oddishes until my Charizard became level 100. Yeah, I won because I I have a level 100 Mewtwo. There's only one of this Pokemon in the world (laughs) who is an incredibly powerful psychic, and he does what I say. And what I said was, kick the ass of all these people. (laughs) Yeah. I, I Mewtwo, told my break little... the minds of these people. Right. And then I'm just going to bring in my actual fire-breathing dinosaur in, in his backup, just in case. You know, in case there's anything left. Yeah. We'll just uh, uh, destroy the evidence. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. It uh, It's fine. It's fine. Yugi can be mad, whatever. Uh, so Duke invites all of them to his new state-of-the-art dueling ring that's in the game shop uh, after school, and they're like, yeah, after school, uh, we'll see you there. And they start snapping because they're the Jets, always a Jet, once a Jet. Uh, and uh, Because they can't just play with cards, <laughs> ever. You no, need the dueling that's, arena. That's the other thing, is we have only ever seen, what, two duels three duels outside a dueling arena this invention that was a, apparently brand new a month ago that yeah. everybody has one now uh but it's fine we cut to later uh at the new game store uh which we do we get the name of this game store yeah i don't think it has a name it just has think, like a weird sign out front that's a clown which is oh kind of alarming did you that's see upsetting. that it's their logo i must have missed that uh, but so they, they go to the news, uh, shop and this is the first scene, I think in the whole series so far in all 46 episodes that we get a scene with the, the, the group, the gang, uh, out of their school uniforms. Yeah. They're wearing civilian clothing. They're wearing just normal clothes and... When do these kids wear such cool outfits? Yeah, their good looks is the thing. It's kind of, it's actually kind of unsettling because, like, I'm looking at Yugi's outfit and he's got like, like a dark gray long sleeve t shirt over or under rather. Like no, he's a got light like gray a, vest, a black t shirt, and then like a light gray vest over that. He looks like a, he could be a model for like Patagonia or something. Yeah. And, like, I I mean, Tristan looks basically the same as Tristan always looks, but, like, Taya's got a good outfit, Joey's got a good outfit, Duke is back in his outfit that we described earlier that actually, like, in comparison with the rest of the world, looks like, oh, he's a cool dude. Yeah, well, Tristan, uh, Tristan's outfit looks like it could be something that someone wears, like, in the modern day, like, right now. He's wearing, like, a white t-shirt and then, like, a black blazer over it? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it was a blazer. I was trying to remember what jacket he was wearing because I do remember his trench coat, and it was not the trench coat. Yeah, do all these, his, these his kids tan are styling. trench coat. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually, and, it, and they all are this time, which is, uh, for whatever reason, novel in this television show. Uh, but yeah, so they, they get into, uh, there's this elevator in the game store, Duke explains that the the dueling arena is under the game store, so they have to go down a a few floors. And he has just a giant box, like a like a a moving box, a shipping box, uh, on the ground in the elevator. Yeah, that's 
open and half full of blister packs of dual monsters cards <laughs> you know as you do yeah they're just so they just start going through the card packs there in the elevator and I'm so glad that somebody else does the thing that I do, which uh, Joey gets down on his knees and he starts rummaging around in the box. And he's like, got to feel them, got to feel the energy, got to feel which ones are, are good or calling out to me. Yes. Because I he's... do that same thing and it makes no difference. Me too. Except in you in this universe, it would actually work because he would be able to feel the heart of the cards. This is true. And for a moment, it kind of works because he he opens a pack and he looks at the cards and he gets he gets real excited. I forget what he says, but he gets real excited. He's like, "Oh yeah, these are these are great cards. Yeah, I picked good. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped, psyched. Uh, uh and uh, he I, I guess continues to pick more cards, and it's kind of implied that they're both going back and forth and picking cards out of the 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 blind packs. Uh, and they get to the dueling ring, and it's, you know, huge, right? They, they all walk into this sort of cavernous room that's very reminiscent, actually, of episode one. Mm. Did it feel that way to you? Yeah. When they, when they go to Kaiba's ring? And Yugi's like, oh, wow, it's such a, a big dueling arena. And Duke is like, actually, this is the smaller arena, but, you know, I thought it would do. Uh, which is maybe the easiest possible lie to make because yeah. nowhere are these kids going to see any other dueling arenas today, right? Like, they're not going to go to the other, if there even are, other dueling arenas in this building to be like, hmm, this one's uh, 10 square feet larger. I'll take you to my big arena, but I just didn't want to. But I totally uh, have it. You just can't see it. Right. She lives in Canada. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, <laughs> they, they it is big enough though to have tv cameras yeah apparently uh, he has like a full like tv like production crew uh who are going to basically live stream the game on his twitch channel more than that it's a robotic production crew it's like drone cameras that pop up out of the walls and like swivel around yeah they're on rails yeah and they can like move around so it's more akin to the cameras you see at like football games that are on those wires and can move around yes very very similar to that so presumably somewhere there is a control room full of people who are like oh oh they're dueling they're dueling everybody everybody get ready everybody (laughs) places everybody they're dueling yeah 30 seconds to duel all right sir we're i'm gonna start the the countdown clock uh when i give the signal you're ready to duel how did you feel about this scene, though, Jimmy, with the, with the TV cameras? Because this is basically your job. Yeah, there's probably just like one, maybe two people in a booth off to one side uh, who have like control of the cameras. Uh, my question is, where are they broadcasting this on? Does this random game store just have their own TV channel? Or did they like buy out a time slot on the public access doodling channel to show this game i i have a couple of, of of thoughts right like there is certainly a dual centric like version of espn right yeah. like there's there's the the dueling network uh that i would imagine is probably pegasus sponsored uh or i guess it would be duelist kingdom sponsored or just dual monsters sponsored 
there's probably the the what would it be DSPN Dueling's Sports Production Network. Uh, there's there's uh, yeah. Dueling Network Two, right? Which would be like the Kaiba sponsored duels. No- that'd be like all the that'd be the Kaiba Land yeah, duels. Yeah, it'd be the uh, the B channel, right? Uh, there's, there's certainly a dueling version of Twitch. Is there? Because this is way before streaming was ever a thing. Yeah, but I I just have to figure, like, how are they, if there's space for multiple duels to be happening simultaneously that could be broadcast? Because it was implied that everything in Kaiba Land could be broadcast. Yeah. But maybe maybe it is just TV channels. So maybe we've got uh, DSPN, DSPN2, DSPN The Ocho. <laughs> uh, That's where you get the real crazy sports, like playing uh, card games on top of horses. Right. <laughs> That's where 5Ds gets broadcast. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so, so maybe uh, part of Duke's like untold game store wealth is he just has another one of these channels right maybe or he's he's you know got a deal with the kaiba brothers and he's broadcasting it's to all the licensing the money right right uh yeah so anyway so so he explains that the cameras are there because he figured it was the best way to stream it to his fans to broadcast it to his fans uh so that everyone can see how great he is and how wonderful he is and all this stuff. Uh, and uh, Joey like continues to get weirdly defensive about this. Like he starts like really just railing in about like, no, I'm the best and I'm going to be the one that the cheerleaders cheer I'm for. Gonna Everyone on TV is going to love me. Uh, and they animate him weirdly. He too. has a Did lot of really this? weird animation in this show. In this specific his, episode. His face does strange things that you don't see happen to other characters. It morphs uh, into different shapes. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of... Have you seen Fooly Cooly? I or haven't. FLCL? It reminded me a lot of the animation style of that show. It's just very sort of like... Uh, like fluid and amorphous in mm. a way. Like bodies don't necessarily have to constrain themselves to physics it's like this is going to be a horrible example that i'm sure most of our audience will get it's like the halo reach animation what do you know what i'm talking about not really it's the two guys who are like you want to play halo reach oh that reach i thought you were talking about the animation the actual game no you're no, talking no, no. about awesome reach yes by ego Raptor. Uh, Yes, yes, that one. Uh, it's it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot of like over exaggerated like facial movements when he's right. talking and like grinning to himself. Yeah, it's it's like a step away from Joey like popping a semi. <laughs> <laughs> it is no, it is. Lauren's behind Lord you just, and just like <laughs> in in the background. I don't know if you can hear it. She's just under her breath. Oh my god. <laughs> Lauren's just questioning her the, the whole last six years of our relationship. Uh, and, questioning uh, the entire premise of this show, which is fair. Yeah. Uh, 
no, but it is. It's very like it gets close up in his face, right? And it, it zooms in on his mouth even as he's making these like weird sort of smacking motions about how no, I will be the best. Yeah, he turns into like a like a golem. He does almost right. like this like. Almost a magical girl transformation in some points where the background behind him gets all swirly and animated and it's like the camera is zooming around him as he's talking about how great it's going to be. Yeah. And then it just ends. And it's and time it to cuts duel. Back to, right. It cuts back to real the real world and it's like, oh, okay. Dueling start. Go. Uh, it's time to duel. Zero fanfare. Yeah. There's no introduction. There's no like, okay, we're turning the TV cameras on now. It's just like, Duke is suddenly at the arena and Joey's suddenly at his side and Duke's like, I play this card. Yeah, it's like, all right, let's go. Uh okay, so we we get to the duel and he's like, Okay, cool, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Uh and Joey Joey. Jimmy. Hi, hi. my co host. Other J name. Uh I have been talking a lot, getting us sort of up to this point. Can you please help me out as I rest my voice by describing what the fuck happens in this duel? There's um, a lot and also not very much that happens in this duel. But it's sort of just color by numbers. Yeah. But the interesting part is uh, we finally get to see some new cards. A lot. Yeah, it's all which new is, cards. It's a thing that Yugi actually mentions. He says that's his other problem with it being a blind, like, blister pack duel is that there are new cards that they don't know about yet. Yeah, they haven't, cards they haven't seen before, such as so we get a card a lot of those here. Duke plays, which is Oni Tank two, T34, which is one of the coolest looking cards we've seen so far, I think. Which, it's Ab- basically absolutely. Uh, a tank with, I think it has two barrels. But then, like, right in the middle, it has the face of a devil. Yeah. It's like, like an evil Thomas the Tank engine. Yeah, I was going to say That's that. an actual tank. And then Gordon went to his friend Oni Tank <laughs> T-34, and Oni Tank T-34 said, fuck off. <laughs> poop, poop, said Gordon. Fuck off, said Oni Tank T-34, as he leveled <laughs> Shining Time Station <laughs> with an artillery blast. The fat conductor was never seen again. The fat conductor died in an instant. <laughs> As his flesh was vaporized. Okay, no, we're going too far. Uh, yeah, Onitech T34 is actually legitimately cool. Like, it, I, we've been talking a lot about images, I'm sure, you know, this podcast. But, like, if you're going to Google one card picture, that's probably going to be the one. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it basically just it's a tank that it shoots uh so in retaliation joey plays a sword hunter which is this like barbarian guy who just has like eight different swords strapped to his body and he's got a sword in each hand and also his helmet is also a sword yeah like do you remember when we were talking about was it sword stalker yeah this is his cousin sword hunter he hunts right. swords. <laughs> the other guy stalks swords. This guy hunts swords. Anyway, Which is definitely dudes, different. These dudes love swords. And um, Sword Hunter is able to defeat the tank because that's what happens when you stab a tank. <laughs> it just dies. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that, that's that how World that War One was won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And then Joey has the best line he's ever had, which is slamming, bada bing, bada boom. 
as his sword hunter stabs the tank. Uh, Jimmy, I, I, I'm sad because that that is his best line, but you're leaving out the best part of the best line. Because he immediately follows that up with, hey, puke Devlin. <laughs> yeah, he's there's now that he know he's fighting against Duke, uh, he gets a lot out of the word puke, which is like mm-hmm. the one joke that's most he easy to get to. Yeah. He did he it. goes there. Uh, he's pukey boy now. <laughs> Just for trash talking purposes. Yep, exactly. Um, so uh, he kills the tank with Sword Hunter, and the right. special ability of Sword Hunter is that whenever it kills the monster, it absorbs part of it into its armor. And so, as you do, uh, Sword Hunter now has just the giant devil head from the tank, like strapped to its chest as a piece of armor, which is, I don't know, pretty cool. I'm um, into it. I do want to point out, uh, you mentioned this too, but Duke's uh, female friends, who are these. these three cheerleaders classic gary oak style are there too (laughs) just cheering for him the whole time and it gets really like on the sidelines yeah yeah they're coming up with like chants in giant scare quotes right like it's mostly just like duke duke yeah duke duke Duke, he's our man if he can do it no one can and then that's yeah like even that might be giving him too much credit right so there's kind of they're just being annoying on the sidelines. Yeah, just picture that throughout the entire episode, and that's basically all you need to know. It's kind it of. It is annoying. a bit of a relief, though, to have a peanut gallery that is more annoying than the one we've been getting <laughs> for the rest of the season. That's true. Um, and so Duke is left with no monsters, so he plays Dark Bat in defensive mode, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's just a bat that appears and stands there. It's dark. Uh, it is a dark bat. And he leaves another card face down. And then Joey plays Mad Sword Beast in attack mode, which is basically uh, if you cross a rhinoceros a, a rhinoceros with a turtle, and then instead of horns, it has swords. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, it has a sword coming it's... out of its nose and then like two sword tusks on this it's thing. It's as though somebody had was like trying to design a Yu-Gi-Oh card and accidentally drew battle cat from He-Man and then was told that they had to make it like unique for copyright purposes. And so they just kept changing random shit until like somebody in the production office was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's legally distinct creature number four. Right. <laughs> um, so it attacks and the thing is it deals damage even if the opponent is in defensive mode. So right. uh, it gets through. Which is a new mechanic. Yes. Uh, so it gets through the the bat and deals damage to Duke Devlin. And then Duke plays a card called Michizure, um, which is kind of frightening, actually. It's just a giant pair of arms that rise out of the floor. And they're not like giant sized arms i mean they're like super like elongated right yeah they're like they're like noodle arms yeah uh and this giant horrifying pair of human arms grab sword hunter and like pull it away and into the graveyard yeah they they yoink uh sword hunter <laughs> sword hunter is yoinked uh, he, he, he gets slender manned the lord yeeteth right. and the yor- the lord yoinketh away <laughs> 
I read, I think I might have sent this to you. I read uh, the greatest explanation of yeet in my life. Uh, Do tell. That's what you said, right? You yes. said the Lord yeeteth. And the, Yor- and the Lord yoinketh away. Uh, so it was, uh, it, was, it was a description of yeet versus Kobe. <laughs> yeet oh, you did send is, this to me. Yeet is strength and power. Kobe is dexterity and accuracy. Yeah, it, you had all the like D and D stats as different like things you yell when you're doing them, right? And I'm just that's how I'm gonna play D and D from now on. But that's neither here nor there. Kobe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if the fucking Slenderman arms come out and grab Sword Hunter. Mm-hmm. He's hunted his last sword. <laughs> he will hunt swords no more. Uh, and Duke uh, play. After playing that, Duke is able to play another card face down and summon another creature, which seems like a lot for one turn. But I mean, that's the thing is, is that's a normal thing for one turn. It's just nobody else plays that way. Yeah, everyone else always does like one thing. But he Yugi, summons Yugi does sometimes, occasionally when the script demands it. Right. <laughs> right. He could be doing a lot more, but that would confuse people. Anyway, it would. Duke summons Spikebot, who is this spiky robot, and he uses Spike Attack uh, on <laughs> Joey. I love that he had to specify the name of the attack for this one. For not for any of the other creatures, no. right? Like everything else so far has just been, and it it goes, it does the thing. Mm-hmm. But Spikebot does Spike Attack because we could not make this monster. More obvious. So in response to that, Joey plays... I I can't tell if it was Goblins or Goblins Attack Force. It was it was Goblin Attack Force okay. is the name of the card. Goblin, and he it plays is Goblin Attack Force. I thought Attack Force my might precious be boys. the Goblins, the name of the Goblins Attack. But he brings out oh, Goblin I Attack gotcha. Force, which is just a bunch of Goblins. Yeah, it's... it's my brother, my brother, and me in dual monsters form. <laughs> three goblins. It's yeah. It's it's three goblin brothers uh, appear with uh, not much skill and grace, and sort of blunder their way through. Mm-hmm. And so, here's where it gets interesting. In response to these goblins, uh, Duke plays Gradius. You know, like from the video game. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed this. Can he do that? He plays, again, for those who may not be familiar, in response to Joey playing our favorite podcasting trio, Duke plays a spaceship from a video game. Like a real video game. Like an an IRL video game. Yes. Like that you can play. And it just appears. Uh, I did do, I will, I will tell you, Jimmy, I did do some research on this, uh, that we can bring up at the end of the show. Yes, he can do this. And unfortunately, I'm sorry to tell you, there are so many more cards that go with Gradius than what we see today. Ah. Uh, yeah, he plays Gradius, which I guess he can do because Yu-Gi-Oh! is also owned by Konami. Uh Uh-huh. That's exactly it. And I guess they can just put that in their games if they feel like it, or in their TV show. 
Right. It's it's like, and I, I'm going to steal this from your notes if that's all right. It's like if Disney made a card game and had like, oh, here's, you know, the princesses and Aladdin. And uh, here you can you can play uh, the, the lions from The Lion King. And then your your buddy, Duke Devlin, uh, just puts down the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are having fun down there. I'm going to play uh, the Superstar Destroyer Executor. <laughs> as you're as you're looking at your hand full of simbas yeah you're a, you're one one creature tokens i'm gonna bring down a planet cracker <laughs> spaceship uh yeah so that happens so he plays gradius from the video game gradius of the same name right uh um, and then that's not enough he has to add insult to injury yeah, he because because the the goblin uh, the goblins attack force even though they're the attack force uh, they attack and then as soon as they attack they go into defense mode. Yeah, that's just like a thing. They they just do. So that's important for this next card, which is pretty cool. But he he then after he plays Gradius, Duke plays a limiter removal, which <laughs> removes its limit. <laughs> I want to play limiter removal on myself just when I wake up in the morning, you know, just cup of coffee, a nice limiter removal. Uh, But the effect is it doubles its attack power. And uh, then he plays fairy. That doesn't seem like a full removal of limits. I'm just going to be honest there. There still seems to be a limit in play. There's a few limits. Uh, But then he plays fairy meteor crush. I love that game. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, and Joey says, not that. Wait, I've never heard of it. What's that card do? (laughs) (laughs) But it's a card that's a magic card, and it lets monsters deal damage directly to a duelist's life points. Right. And, uh, he plays it on Gradius, and, uh, the Gradius, which now has its limits removed, uh, fires its... Uh, super laser at uh, Joey directly and Joey Joey is completely destroyed and uh, Duke wins. Surprise. Yeah, it's a big surprise. Duke takes him out in one uh, well he just, he, he, he drops a Duke on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh yeah, the, the 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 cheer squad pipes back up. They they come in with their hit jam. Uh, Duke's so cool. Devlin rules. He's the master of all duels. Which sure, okay. Their rhyming prowess knows no bounds. Uh, that kind of and, rhyme makes uh, me go zounds. Oh God. Uh, and Duke, uh, like walks over and is like hey i won and he snaps his fingers and one of the cheerleader assistants i guess servants uh walks over to joey carrying a dog costume yes duke's condition for winning is now joey has to wear a dog fursuit for a week and like be his dog servant Right. And he's like, put it on. <laughs> and he wanted to make Joey into, and this is, I didn't quote the whole line, but I, I wrote this part down. He wanted to make Joey into an obedient dog for the week. And he starts 
flicking dice at Joey. Right? He's like he's got like a fistful of D6s and just one at a time he's like eh and he just like flicks it at Joey as Joey's putting on the costume and Joey's putting on the costume and he gets this like sort of Charlie Brown sad music plays like <laughs> introspective moment of how did I get here? Yeah, he's like, "Ow, hey, stop it!" And I am. Duke says, "No, no. The only thing you can say is woof, woof. Now bark for me. <laughs> You're a dog now. You don't say ouch. You say woof." Tyler, <laughs> this episode has gone in a direction I completely was not expecting. It went to a weird place super quick. Is the thing like we had a boring duel? I mean, a kind of boring duel. It was, was pretty was boring. A, there was there was some cool cards. Was the thing. And then we go straight to, oh, this kid, like, this kid wants to grow up to be, like, a dominatrix, I think is the thing. Yes. Like he, he gains so much pleasure out of just, like, you. oh, no, you. I own you today. You're That's, my dog. You're my dog now. Uh, there is it, no way this isn't completely sexual. And for a kid's show, it's very weird. It's very weird, and it's just, like... Did word get around about the the insecurity that Joey has about being called a dog? Yeah, like, how did he did know Kaiba this? Did Kaiba go around telling everybody that he made fun of Joey once? And then, like, the dog thing stuck? Yeah, this is Joey's, like, worst nightmare. So how did Duke know to do this? It's I would say that creepy. it's on Joey's live journal, but we know that Joey doesn't write. <laughs> Joey can barely read. It's on Joey's podcast. There it is. That's the outlet for people who can't write or read. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he just like slowly starts putting the dog costume on. And, and... here's the really good part. Uh-huh. See, Joey like being forced to wear a fursuit is enough to trigger Yugi's like emergency transformation into the Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> In case of emergency, break mind. Uh, yeah, he, he, he exclaims, I have to put a stop to this. And he does and, the whole transformation sequence and it's Yami Yugi. And, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say a thing. Uh, I know that we brought up hot grandpa earlier, but this is, this is hot Pharaoh right here. This is the first time we've seen the Pharaoh character, not in that school uniform where he turns the jacket into a cape. This is him wearing the same outfit Hello? as Yugi from before. Oh, can you hear me still? Oh, yes, there you go. There we you go. You cut out for a second. Oh, sorry. This is big Yugi wearing the same outfit that little Yugi was wearing earlier. So he's got the vest on, the black long sleeve shirt, the nice jeans. He's looking pretty good, actually. Yeah, he is out in the club. That's what it is. Oh, this is Pharaoh's clubbing outfit. These kids are ready to go out on the town. Oh my word, you're right. They're out in the club and sipping that bub. Uh, well, they shouldn't because they're <laughs> underage. Well, I mean, Pharaoh's not. Pharaoh's. That's right. Pharaoh, Pharaoh is the most overage you can be. <laughs> Pharaoh is like two and a half thousand years old. He can drink some uh, wine if he wants to, or. I'm trying to think of what ancient Egyptians would have for drinks, but beer probably. Yeah, all sorts of stuff probably. Fermented ale. Right. Uh, so he, he, he says, I have to put a stop to this, and he transforms, 
and uh, his his now deep voice self, his his very serious self, who is now at eye level with uh, Duke. Duke just doesn't notice, I guess. Nobody seems to notice his transformations anymore. Uh, he challenges Duke to a duel in order to free Joey. And uh, Duke accepts, but he says, instead, we'll play a game of my devising, Dungeon Dice Monsters. 100% totally original. Do not steal. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Uh, and he says, uh, if Yugi wins, Joey doesn't have to do what Duke says for a week, whatever. But if Yugi loses, he has to vow. Or no, pardon me. What's what's the first thing? Is it he has does to it give Grandpa's... up the title King of Games? Okay. Does does Grandpa's game store have to close? I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember. So it's that. just he has he has to give up the title, and he has to vow to never play dual monsters. Again. Dun, dun, dun. And somebody is like, is it Taya? I think it's Taya that is like, no, Yugi, you can't do it. It's too much to risk. And Yeah, and Yugi is like, I'll do, uh, titles are whatever, but I'll do anything for the dignity of my friends or something along those lines. And also like, all right, you can't play a card game ever again? That's fine. Like... There's literally so much other stuff. Like, go read a book. Yeah. Find a new hobby. <laughs> it doesn't have to be just this one card game. Right. But also, be good in school. If the, the condition is he has, also has to give up the title King of Games, can he do that? I mean, that's a oh, title. Like, does he have the authority? Yeah, does he have the authority to do that? Because that's a title bestowed on him by Pegasus for this game. You can't, like, if you become chess grandmaster, you can't challenge challenge a chess grandmaster to Smash Brothers and be like, if you lose at Smash Brothers, you have to give up the title chess grandmaster, and I become chess grandmaster now <laughs> because I beat you at Smash Brothers. <laughs> no, you idiot. They're completely different games. See, I think, I think the trick here is that Pegasus, in his hubris, kept the title too vague. Because at that point in time, Duel Monsters was the only game, and he said he made it games plural, as yeah, like a that's true. as like a joke, as like a haha in joke. There are no games; there is but game. <laughs> king of game. Uh, yeah, King of Game doesn't quite have the same sort of mouth feel. Uh, and I, I think King of a game. Uh, yeah, like I could be wrong. I think the existence of a second game automatically makes Yugi lose the title of King of Games because he has not played the new game. Yeah. To, to keep the title, I guess he has to beat every game in existence. Right. <laughs> every it's game ever easy week. And uh, here's Yugi's attempt at Operation. <laughs> Yugi, King of Tic-Tac-Toe. I made a uh, one-off game when I was 12. Beat me at that, Yugi. <laughs> Defend your and title. Here's, here's Yugi, king of hopscotch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's just name games for the next hour. Uh, Yugi, king of Starcraft. <laughs> uh, Yugi accepts the terms of the duel, and as Duke is flinging yet another die at Joey, who's now fully clothed in the dog costume, he catches the die in midair, 
and he throws it to the ground and he crushes it under his shoe, which I don't know if you've ever stepped on dice, Jimmy, but that is not how that works. No, you hurt your foot. Yes, even if you're wearing shoes, because those things do not look like they have very thick soles. So, uh, yeah, apparently that's just another magical ability that Yami Yugi has. Uh, he can. The title crush King of small Games objects. gives him dominion over like game pieces. Ooh, I like that. That's a good addition. <laughs> he can like uh, destroy or damage like any game piece ever. I guess. Right. <laughs> He deals 1d6 damage. Uh, he, he deals damage to 1d6. There it is. Uh, and that's the end of the Duke, episode. Well, almost. Duke ends the episode because Duke, of course, has to have the last word. Duke says, you've fallen into my trap, Yugi. Dungeon, My dungeon dice monsters will destroy you. <laughs> that's a hell of a threat. And, uh, yeah... There it is. This it, it ends on one 14-year-old threatening to murder another with a board game. <laughs> Title of this entire show. <laughs> Basically. To be continued, uh, part one of four. There it is. Uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Uh, my favorite part of this episode, I guess, was uh, seeing some new cards. Yeah. And just like... Yeah. The uh, the rest of this episode, I think, was kind of slow. There wasn't a whole lot going on. We haven't even seen the Dungeon Dice Monsters yet. Um, but some of these new cards we saw is cool. The the sh- the uh, duel yeah, we the, saw the... is, like, immaterial, and it was just a pretext to get Yugi to fight this guy. Right, yeah. This, this felt very much like a commercial for new cards. Yeah. Ooh, the new expansion uh, packs out. Right, which is, In like, good. Like, now. I like seeing it. Yes, I'll buy that DLC, Nintendo, but, like... Buy all our prey sets and toys. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, substance there, I suppose. No. But it was nice to look at. Yeah. It's new cards. That's the most exciting part about this episode. Also, yeah. seeing them react to, to cards they've never seen before, and this the concept of it is, like offensive to yugi is hilarious to me (laughs) i will say joey did uh do a really good job of like catching on to the new card mechanics like we never got a shot of yugi looking over his deck and having to explain okay now this card does that and this card does that like joey kind of figured it out right like he's learning he was about to win too he got uh duke devlin down to i think 50 life points he did so he is pretty good and then just Duke just happened to have Gradius from the video game in his deck. I mean, what you gonna do? What you gonna right? do? You can't defend against that kind of thing. No. But what is hey, this? A crossover episode? Heart of the cards, man. Heart of the cards. Heart of the cards. What was your favorite part? Uh, I think my favorite part was the uh, the sort of adoption of Pegasus's vernacular. Uh, sort sort of the the linguistic influence that Pegasus has had on the populace at this point, because there are like four or five instances of boys calling other boys something fill boy. in the blank e boy, like Dookie boy, Pukey boy, which was 
what a, like my favorite line from Joey this episode. Uh, Yugi boy, Joey boy. Uh, I think the only thing we're missing here is nobody says Tristan boy. Yeah, Taya boy. I'm sure <laughs> Taya boy. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm sure it makes it makes Tristan and Taya feel left out that nobody's calling them boy. Uh, but but it is sort of a you know it's a very like God of War sort of camaraderie. Boy, uh, it's it's you know. But the the thing that I I love so much about it is like, yes, Pegasus not in this episode, unless weirdly that guy from the beginning is Pegasus in disguise, which is kind of my headcanon. Uh, but like, we see yet another way in which Pegasus has influenced the population by being the person who invented the only game in existence for fifty years. Yeah, he's such a public figure that his like. The way he speaks has entered the public consciousness and is being used by other people. Right. He's like the girl from the Yeet Vine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, it just, I don't know, something about that really uh, really warms my heart for Pegasus. I really, I miss Pegasus. I do I want, miss Pegasus. I want him back. I hope he's doing okay now that he's got his eyeball ripped out. <laughs> right. I hope he gets a sweet eye patch. Oh man, that would be cool. That would suit I don't honestly too. remember what happens there, but uh, yeah, so that's my favorite. How about your least favorite? It's called Dungeon Dice Monsters, and we never get to see Dungeon Dice Monsters. They just mention Dungeon Dice Monsters in passing, and then... Yeah, like, we get monsters, we get some dice. Yeah, but, like, the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! that we ever saw had a full-on duel, and we get to see... Some, like, magic powers, we get uh, people playing with cards, we get to see the unstoppable Exodia. And that whole episode just contained everything you need to know about Yu-Gi-Oh! Such that it's become what people think of when they see Yu-Gi-Oh! Right. Yeah, exactly. Everything everything that you, when you say Yu-Gi-Oh! to somebody who has not, like us, watched the almost the entire first season, they think of everything from episode one. Yeah, it's like the only thing that's in the public consciousness like that's about this thing but here we are having a full-on story arc about this new game called dungeon dice monsters that we don't get to find out anything about in the first episode yeah they're still playing dual monsters and it's like come on i was promised another game and i want to see it right the only thing that we know so far about dungeon dice monsters is that this asshole made it so it's I mean, from everything that we know about him so far, it's very likely that he'll just change the rules halfway through. Yeah. Which I mean, it's kind of like Pegasus, if we're being honest. But yeah, he's from just a going 14 to fourteen-year-old Calvin Wallet and make things up as he goes along, so it's in his favor. Right. It's like, did did you ever get suckered into playing Mao at like summer camps and stuff? Mao. I'm not. That doesn't sound familiar. So, it's this game. It's literally a game where you make up the rules as you go along there's like it's it's a i'm trying to remember all the terminology but it's a it's a multiplayer card game you play with a standard deck of cards i'm sure you can google it's just mao uh and one person plays as uh i guess chairman mao is where the name comes from they play as the chairman and there's like two standard rules that every game plays and then just a whole bunch of homebrew rules that the chairman just 
knows and keeps in their head and doesn't tell you. Oh, until, I think I've heard of until this. Until you fuck up somehow. And if you do something wrong, they take a card away or deduct a point or whatever, and you have to figure out from their reactions to the things that you do what the right thing to do is until you win, and then you become the new chairman, and you get to add a fake rule of your own. And the whole point of the game is just to get your friends to play it and then make them feel stupid. <laughs> I have heard of this game before. I think I heard it under another name. I don't remember what it is. but the, It, it probably the has several names, yeah. I, I was introduced to it as Mao, and uh, that's one of the many reasons why I disliked Summer Camp. <laughs> what was your... Jesus was the other reason. <laughs> uh, no, uh, my least favorite was the cheerleaders. I got really sick of the cheerleaders oh, yeah, very quickly sure. because they first off, they were not animated nearly as well as the rest of the show. Like they had like a chibi sort of quality to them. Yeah. They were everywhere. Uh, and their rhymes were like Duke, Juke, Uke. Yeah. Like they, they, there was no writing effort put into them at all, uh, which I guess I mean makes sense if they're supposed to be teenage girls, but still don't like. Everyone else can be funny here. Like let, <laughs> let this thing that's supposed to be comedic relief be actually comedic relief and not just like, oh, there's more of them. Yeah, and they were like present throughout the whole episode, and it just kind of got obnoxious. Yeah, exactly. They're like. I was about to say the mariachi band from Dora the Explorer, but I actually like them more. If they were uh, a mariachi was, band, that would be a much better episode. It would be. <laughs> they were they were a constant droning presence in this episode that was just... It made no, no actual sense. They did not need to be there at all, especially at the end where it's revealed that they'll just like do whatever Duke tells them to, which is just a weird thing for teenagers. Yeah. They have no purpose or agency other than to cheer for Duke and show right. that he's apparently popular with girls because he knows how to do really basic sleight of hand magic tricks. And I'm, I'm going to say it up front. Like, hey, if you're a teenage girl, why are you listening to this podcast? But if you're a teenage <laughs> girl and you happen to like a guy because he does close up magic, like, that's cool. That's fine. But like... Don't carry this dog costume around for four hours just because this kid asks you to, right? Like, you don't need to do that. Like, go hang out with your friends in the sunshine, not in this weird underground fight club. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I, I don't know. I, I, I. I really hope that they're not going to be in the next episode, but I know that even saying that will will it into existence that they are in the next they're episode. They're going to be stuck with us for three more episodes, most likely. And they're just going to be all through next season. <laughs> We've been cursed. The cheerleader curse. The worst one! Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about the episode? Any Any final thoughts? Nope. Let's do some cards. Awesome. It's time. Wait. Do I do that? Yeah. Uh, 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 it's time. Or yes. Later. I, I, completely, I forgot how to do the show for a second there. 
it's time to end the episode. Jimmy, as we do every week, we like to end the week. End the week, end the episode. End the episode of the week. I'm a mess today. Uh, we like to end the episode with a card of the week. Uh, first from the show and then a random one. From the show, I want to talk about Gradius real quick. You want to talk about Gradius? Sure, okay. Gradius, as you and many of our listeners will be aware, is also a video game that you can play at most arcades. Uh, and the card, Gradius, which is a four-star card with 1,200 attack and 800 defense, is literally just Gradius from the video game, <laughs> Gradius, also known as Super Dimensional Fighter Vic Viper, which is the translated Japanese name that is way better. Vic Viper uh, is Duke Devlin's, like, other rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the description on, on Gradius is a high-performance jet fighter with power capsules for variable attack capabilities, which is kind of also just the description of what the video game is. Yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of research into why Gradius is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah, what's it doing in and, here? Okay, so apparently there is a full series of cards called the Konami Arcade Games series. Hell yeah! So it's like DLC that Konami put into their their card game. Exactly. So Konami, who owns Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, also owns tons of arcade games, and they decided, hey, two great tastes that taste great together— uh, let's just put it all in one. So it's a line of cards, a series of cards that are all based on the Gradius games. Uh, and uh, let's see. It says, uh, this is from, again, the the Is it just Gradius or is there other games present here? From, from what I play I've... Pac-Man. <laughs> right. So from what I've read so far, it's just Gradius and like Gradius-like games. Oh. Uh, by Gradius, like, I mean other shoot-em-ups. I don't think it's just Gradius. Uh, they're mostly light machines with, like, 1,200 attack, but there's uh, Gradius, Jade Knight, uh, Delta Tri, Blue Thunder, Flintlock. These are all from, like, various arcade games. Uh, and then uh, well, I'll come back. There's, there's a card I, I want to talk a little bit more about, but there's also, like, support cards, right? Like, you can get... The power capsule, which is the power up in Gradius, uh, Gradius's option, which is another power up that like gives you a different weapon, uh, Trigon, Flint, uh, Nimble Sunfish from Mambo and Samba. Uh, you can get there's a there's a an enemy in Gradius that's the the Maui uh, statues, the Easter Island statues. Huh. Uh, and that's just, that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> you can get a statue of Easter Island Yu-Gi-Oh card. Um, but there's also, and this is one that I haven't quite fully figured out. There is another card that is in this series of Gradius Starfighters, and it is the Lord British Space Fighter. Lord British Space Fighter. Jimmy, how much do you know about Lord British? Uh, zero. I know zero about Lord, Lord British. Lord British is uh, the screen name of uh, a game designer whose name I'm going to get wrong unless I Google him. Wait, uh, what? It's an actual person? Yes. Lord British is a real person. Uh, kind of. Lord British 
This is from Wikipedia, whose full name is Lord Cantabrigian British, is the name of the fictional ruler of Britannia, a kingdom in the fictional world of Sosaria, created by Richard Garriott for his computer game series Ultima. Lord British is the alter ego of Richard Garriott, the designer of the Ultima series. And he's just a card? And uh, apparently, somewhere in the production of the Gradius games, they named a ship after him. And now, there is a Yu-Gi-Oh card named after the nerd that designed Ultima. (laughs) I'm going to look up what this card looks like now. It looks, I I mean, it just looks like like a prop out of the Thunderbirds show, right? Like it's just, it's generic red and white. It's like from, uh, from like Gachamon or something. Yeah. It's like a very pointy looking space jet. Right. So it's nothing particularly special there, but I just thought it was really interesting. Like, okay, we're going to go a step further with the Gradius (laughs) thing (laughs) and bring in maybe the weird Gradius stuff that you haven't heard about, but we own. So we'll put it into (laughs) <laughs> to Yugi. This is like an Easter egg inside an Easter egg. It is. It is. It's a Cadbury cream Easter egg. This, this uh, whole thing is like when Mario Kart had that crossover with Mercedes and they put a fucking Mercedes Benz in Mario Kart 8. Yes. And I fucking love that car. It's a great car. Yeah. And it's how I beat Rainbow Road. Is it really? It's like. No, I forget. It's a fun car, though. But it's like, what the hell is this even doing in here? It's just so right. jarring to see it in Yu-Gi-Oh! To see this right. Gradius from Gradius. It's, and it's just so, like, especially against, what was it? Mad Sword Beast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm no, going to play Sword Rhino. Oh, cool. Here's a spaceship. It was against the goblins. Oh, that's right. Here's a bunch of goblins. Cool. Uh, we're going to strike them from orbit. <laughs> <laughs> Like this so, medieval yeah. world with all these like monsters fighting each other, and then you just like from l- low orbit comes this like beam of energy down, which cracks the planet in half. Right, and apparently, like the the power ups that he played were two of the like twelve power ups in this series. The whole series is based around playing a, a ship, and then just using the power ups from the video game Gradius to make it better. And then just b- blasting Dark Magician out of the fucking sky. That's just hilarious to me that he just happened to grab the new uh, Gradius expansion pack. And right. put it in out his deck. Out of all the random cards that he would have grabbed, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, we also have a random card of the week, if you want to get into that. Let's do it. Uh, every week we grab a random card of the week from my list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card uh, up until... I don't know, six months ago when they started coming out with new cards again. Yay. Uh, this week's card of the week is Rocket Warrior. Rocket Warrior is a four-star warrior effects monster that says cannot be destroyed by battle ex- or during, pardon me, let me start over, cannot be destroyed by battle during your battle phase. Also, you take no battle damage from attacks involving this card. If this card attacks a monster after damage calculation, that attack target loses 500 attack until the end of this turn. And it has 1,500 attack and 1,300 defense. So it's essentially just like, 
impervious to most things, makes your enemy weaker, and uh, is just a cute little uh, is just a cute little sword. Yeah, boy. look at this guy. This guy definitely looks like he's about to throw down with Mega Man. Yes, that's exactly it. This is a this is a a, a boss in like an early like a, an early to mid Mega Man game that didn't quite make the English translation. Yeah, he looks like well, it's Rocket Warrior, so he looks like uh just a cute little like almost a Kirby like figure, but he's got uh-huh. all these like rocket parts strapped to him. Like he can transform into a rocket. Yeah, and it's interesting because like the the pauldrons, the shoulder pauldrons, clearly are supposed to like come together to make the point of the, the rocket. Cone. But then it's still got like a like a unicorn horn coming up that still looks too spiky to be the tip of the rocket. Uh and then two arms out of nowhere are just like popping up out of the rocket holding a sword and shield that look like they're from like Sailor Moon or something. Yeah. And then he's got legs that have like tail fins sticking out of them. Right. And I'm And it's all it's all like a green and yellow and silver motif. It's very just like here is a knight of good. Yeah. I Sir Galahad, the rocket. This is hilarious to me, though, because I'm picturing him, like, turning into a rocket, and, like, this rocket comes flying in at you, but, like, right before it hits and is about to explode, it just turns into a guy who stabs you. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of exploding like rockets do, he just (laughs) gets you with a knife. I also, do you get the impression from the art on this, and it may be just, maybe the art style, because it's not super... I mean, it's a lot of smooth surfaces, mm-hmm. right? So you don't get a whole lot of, like, sense of scale. Do you get the sense, the same sense that I do, that in reality, this character is actually very small? Oh, yeah. He is definitely, at most, like, three feet tall. Right, at most, right? Like, I, I'm picturing even shorter than that. This is, like, a one-foot-tall rocket that, like, somebody, you pump up with air in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, one of those sides. <laughs> He's like, pew, pew, I'll get you. And, uh, and yeah, just sort of f- flies lazily over to the target and then stabs it with the sword randomly. It's so cute, uh, though. I love Rocket it Warrior. Is, it's adorable. Rocket Warrior is just pure good and needs to be protected. But, yeah, that's Rocket that's Warrior. That's Rocket Warrior. And I love it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, at our website, heartofthe.cards. Uh, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to Jackie for emailing us with that amazing email at the start of the show. Uh, you can get in touch with us on social media at Yampod. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram at Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, if you want to listen to Jimmy's other podcast, that's at Da Podcast, D-A-H Podcast. Uh, another episode coming out uh, this end of this week, right? Um, very, very soon. And it's like one of the, if not the last episode. I think. Yeah. Going to get some good stuff so, pretty soon. So hop on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super exciting. Uh, is there anything else you want to, you want to plug? Is there anything else going on? Uh, no, not really. Cool. All right. Well, Hey, uh, if, if you like the show, find us on iTunes, leave a review, all that good stuff. All the, all the typical podcast pluggy things. Uh, and, uh, next week we'll be back with part two of four of dungeon dice monsters. And until next time, slamming, bada bing, bada boom.